0: Welcome to The Mastering Show. This is the show where we talk about all aspects of mastering. And I am Steve Cherubino, just one of your hosts. Also joining us, the man who brings the knowledge to the show, the master of mastering himself, Ian Shepard. What's up, Ian? Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing great. Doing great. Um, working hard. Trying to stay <laughs> trying to stay on top of it. But um, I think I'll survive. Yeah. Well, that's that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a choice of shows to pick from today, but we decided on a topic that we thought would just fit right in, I think, to where we are in the sequence of things. And we're going to be talking about acoustic treatment today. And I'm very keen to speak, to speak like an Englishman. I'm very keen to hear about this subject. So uh, what do you think, Ian?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I want to say, anybody who's listening, don't skip. Just because we said acoustic treatment, Do not think that this is not an important episode, or you shouldn't be listening to this. I mean, acoustic treatment—I would say—is probably the single biggest uh, change that you can make that will improve everything you do in terms of recording, mixing, and mastering. If you don't have any acoustic treatment, adding some to your room is going to make a massive difference to everything you do. If you do have some, then adding some more is also going to help. So, um, and even if you have some, you may not have the kind that I would necessarily recommend. You may not have the most effective or the most cost-effective type of acoustic treatment. So yeah, hang in there because it's going to be worth it. Here's the problem with acoustic treatment. It's It's uh, dull. It's dull. It it doesn't blink.
0: (laughs) There's no knobs on it. Yeah, there's no flashing lights. It doesn't have, it's not electric. You don't have to plug it in. And half the time you have to build stuff yourself or buy something that's very expensive. So I understand why people don't like it. It's not sexy. But it could, like, you could save a lot of money actually by, you know, realizing that the monitors you have will do a good job in a treated room rather than go buy something that maybe
1: wasn't the problem in the first place. I think that's absolutely right. If you compare, I mean, you could easily spend as much as a new pair of monitors on acoustic treatment if you're not building it yourself. But the the difference is you could spend that money on a new pair of monitors and not benefit from the upgrade if you don't have that treatment in place beforehand. Right. Um, and I mean, just to kind of give people an, an example of how serious I am about this, um, you know, I, I've mentioned before, I'm recording this in my home studio uh, that I set up a couple of years ago now. And it's the only room that I had available, right? We don't have kind of this mansion with other rooms <laughs> lying unused. I'm not some kind of landed gentry in, in England here. <laughs> um, so it was the garage, the garage. Um and it is what it is, you know. It's too small to put extra, kind of do that building a room within a room thing. Um, it It's kind of long and thin as opposed to a nice proportion, which is not such a big deal. But, you know, I didn't feel it would have made it too small to have actually put in an extra wall at the back to right. make it a better proportion. You know, I thought it was better to have the extra space than – and. The point of all this is, first time I listened, first time I put the speakers in, when I didn't have the – I mean, I had ordered the acoustic treatment. I'd talked to people about what I wanted. I knew it was coming. But I couldn't wait. You know, the room, as soon as the paint was drying, I was moving stuff in here. Right. Um, And when I first put the music on, I was horrified. You know, I mean, I was just like, oh, crap. You thought you made a mistake choosing that room? I thought I'd made a mistake. You know, I mean, because even though I did it on a budget, I was still spending thousands of pounds on – the work done to convert it from being a garage into into being a room that you could use because it has to come up to the, the building regulations and all the rest of it. Um and I just thought, you know, I've just blown that money. This is I'm gonna have to make this like a, a gym or a TV room for the kids or something because I'm not gonna be able to work in here. All right. Um and thankfully, when the acoustic treatment arrived and I put it all in, actually what I have is a a genuinely usable room. Wow but it wouldn't be genuinely usable without the acoustic treatment. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's good stuff considering it's just, you know, fiberglass insulation in a wooden frame. It's pretty amazing.
0: Did you build it yourself or is it something you ordered?
1: No, I ordered it from a company called GIK Acoustics. There's GIK and there's Real Traps are the two kind of firms that are really well known that do this. Um, and just because... Um, DIY and me, these are not two words that you use in the same sentence. I mean, really? You know, yeah. I, I, I don't
0: know if I would have thought that
1: about you. Well, I guess it depends what kind of DIY, you know. I mean, I can build a patch bay. I can wire in, you know, I can put a studio together, but sort of cutting up pieces of wood and nailing them together so they don't look like just a pile of timber, um, <laughs> not, not so much. Um, I can paint a wall, but that's about it. I mean, you know, maybe it's a case of I'm not prepared to, I'm just too lazy. Um, it does take a lot of work. You know, I mean, it's, well, I don't know whether even acoustic treatment would take a lot of work. i mean, yeah, not, I'm not so, making, so much acoustic treatment, just D- DIY. Oh, DIY me. in general. Yeah, absolutely. I just saw a thing recently where there's some internet firm. Oh, it was an advert on the tube in London, um, where basically you, you call them up and somebody comes around and does your DIY for you. <laughs> that's awesome. Which is genius marketing, because that's like actually, that's a laborer. You know, that's hiring, that's not DIY, that's, not that's DIY getting somebody at all. else to do it for you. But but selling it to you as somebody else to do your DIY while you do something more worthwhile instead is that I mean it would work for me if I had the money. That's Just hilarious. Spare. That's so funny. Anyway, maybe we should describe to people what this stuff is. I mean, we talked about it briefly in the, uh, an earlier show um, when we were talking about metering and monitoring and mindset, three M's of mastering. Um, and I would say acoustic treatment is part of the monitoring setup. You know, the monitoring environment in your studio is the room, the monitors, the speakers that you put in it, and then the acoustic treatment that you add to improve the sound. And do you have any in your room? I have a bed. No, I was a- going to say that doesn't count, but it, it does a little bit. Yeah, other than that, no, there's
0: nothing that that's purposely there. But I have stuff that well, I do. I have put things purposely in spots, but not official acoustic treatment. Um, I've put like clothes and made sure that the like a curtain was in a spot
1: that maybe it will absorb something, but nothing legit. Okay, so lots of people. I mean, they're the same, you know. And that's, I mean. So some heavy curtains, bookshelves, uh, you know, uh, plush furniture, that kind of stuff is probably all better than nothing. I mean, the absolute worst would be a bare box.
0: Yeah.
1: And I guess maybe that's one reason I was so horrified when I first put this room together is that that's what it was, you know, because all it had in it was the the desk that my – the computer uh, sits on and pretty much nothing else. What did it sound like? What kind kind of noise were you hearing or frequencies were you hearing? It, the, the main thing was the flutter echo, you know, this kind of uh, zoingy, you, you would cl- you would snap your fingers, and, and instead of just hearing a, a natural kind of snap, you would hear this kind of like an artificial reverb tail after yeah. it. Yeah, yep. Um, and then just talking like I am now, I could hear certain frequencies in my voice being picked up and just kind of amplified. Wow. So you kind of, this kind of... Mm, mm, sound after. And I mean, if I played the monitors, if I played music full blast and then hit stop, there would be a real reverb tail. Um not a kind of nice natural kind of, you know, <laughs> reverb tail you would use in your music, but just a kind of like a
0: metallic like, ringy.
1: It, it, there's part of it was metallic and ringy, and part of it was just this kind of sort of blob of bass that would uh-huh. roll around the room, you know, um, doing nothing. And the the thing about that, of course, is that I mean you hear it when you stop the music, but actually it's happening all the time while the music's playing and that's why it messes up the way that you perceive it right um so yeah in a room that's basically quite bare using acoustic treatment is even more important um and i've kept it bare just because it is a small space so i want it to kind of look reasonably clean and tidy and you know uh pleasant as opposed to you know, if I put curtains all the way around it and all the rest of it, it would be kind of like being in a wardrobe. I mean, it's not quite that small, but, right. you know, that, right. it would just be too much. Um, so, well, yeah, it needed some... Accus- bottom Bottom line,
0: you got it sounding
1: great, right? Bottom line, I've got it sounding great. I've got it sounding really, you know, I mean, the the results... Uh, you know, I do, I've done mastering tests in here. and Well, I mean, you know, stuff. I, I listen to things that people send in to me and I can form opinions that are correct. You know, when I check them back in a, on a much higher spec system, I'm like, yep, I knew it was going to sound like that. Um, and if I put together a demo for somebody, I mean, basically, I haven't found a major problem with the room yet. I mean, the the monitors don't have any really deep sub in them, but they have enough that I can tell if there's something going wrong down there, Yeah, which is kind of all that you need. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm just... You know, the more I work with it, the, the happier I am, and the more I think, you know. And I think I've I've got lucky in some ways because of the way the room works. I'm no acoustics expert, but for example, you know, it was a garage, so it used to have uh, you know, a door at the front of it, just a thin metal door. So there's a big window there, and then underneath it there's um there's not even a brick wall. It's just um a, a timber frame with we, we call it uh, shiplap. Do you have shiplap in the US? We might, but if, I'm, not a, I'm not into constructing things of that magnitude, <laughs> so I wouldn't know. Well, actually, now I think about it, it's what a lot of US houses are made of, right? Over here in the UK, lots of houses are built of brick, um, you know, concrete and kind of, whereas in the US you have many more timber houses, don't you? Where you have a timber frame and then you have, yeah. you know, wooden slats on the outside, like planks, right. basically, yep. and they'll dovetail together and you paint them. So that's what's on the outside of this. So in terms of insulation, that's not actually keeping a hell of a lot of sound in. You know, it cuts out the worst of it. Luckily, there's nothing out the front of the house but a cricket pitch, so it doesn't matter. But I'm basically beaming some oh, of the sound pitch? that's in the room. Cricket pitch, yes.
0: Um, you know what cricket is? You, I mean, like, the sounds that the cricket makes.
1: No, no, no. Cricket is a game, darling. Oh, a cricket pitch. But a pitch where people play cricket. Like um, <laughs> like, like a, a baseball field. Like a baseball field, <laughs> but we play cricket because we're English and we drink tea and eat cucumber sandwiches. People actually do that. I believe it. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, so the cricketers don't care about the noise. And it's actually a good thing that it doesn't... Because here's one of the things. If you actually build a, a room that has proper sound insulation as opposed to, uh, as opposed to acoustic treatment, right. Where it stops the sound getting out. Right. Say, cause you want to record a rock band. That's good because it doesn't annoy the neighbors. It's bad because it holds all of that sound in. And if right. the sound is in the room, you have to deal with it. So right?
0: bass can escape through. Into in, the- in
1: this, yeah. In this room, bass can escape basically out of pretty much that front wall almost might as well not be there. Um, and there's also a window at the back, um, but all the so, crickete- all the cricketers have to listen to it. Cricketers, <laughs> yes. Um, but they're they you know they're a few hundred yards away, right. um, so so it's it's not a big deal for them. Um, but I think probably that's a good thing for me in terms of the room because there's less that has to be dealt with. I see. You know, using acoustic treatment. Whereas if everything was held in this box. Right. then it would all have to be managed in some way. And for um,
0: soundproof, you know, a lot of people do get the two terms com- confused, like soundproofing a room or, you know, putting up acoustic treatment. Um, for soundproofing, correct me if I'm wrong, you really want to get dense. Like the more density you have in an object, the more soundproof it can be. Is that is that the key to basically soundproofing something, d- density? That's
1: part of it. Okay. The other part of it, well, there, so so there's there's density, there's changes of density. Um, so like having and, a layer
0: of air in between two walls. Exactly. I was going
1: to say the ultimate of that is, a, is an air gap. So ideally you want, let's say the outer wall is brick. Uh, onto that you want to put some fiberglass insulation, which is the same stuff we're going to gonna talk about using in the acoustic treatment. And it's the stuff that people, you know, you use it for thermal insulation. It goes inside drywall, inside studwork walls. Um, so you put some of that on the directly onto the brick. So you've got brick, then some of that, then you have an air gap, then you have another layer of the fiberglass insulation, and then you have your, the, the plasterboard, uh, what do you call plasterboard over there? It's drywall. Yeah. Drywall. The, the, you know, they're just the, the panels that you put up mm-hmm. and there's a few different things you can use. You can use the ones that are kind of plaster based and that you can buy panels that are wood based. Um, if you do that, they want to be like you say, dense. Uh, the kind of the really compressed material so so yeah the brick is obviously very dense and is great for cutting down sound and then it's the changes in density that the sound waves have to travel through Um, and people have done all kinds of tests and actually interestingly enough just two simple layers like that with an air gap in between is actually more effective than say three layers interesting interesting um and yeah you could if you do that and you make a sealed box inside your room with no physical contact, you know, and you, you have a floor that's floated on neoprene rubber or whatever you're going to do, uh, you can get very, very good isolation. Um, and if you do that, you're going to have to use a lot of acoustic treatment to cope with all the problems that it causes you inside. You're going to have to use a lot because all the sound stays in. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, I did a course over at a recording studio, a local recording studio, fantastic studio, Clear Track studio in Clearwater, Um, he spares no expense. Let's put it that way on his gear. Um, and he is next to a train track and a freight train goes by, like maybe not even a hundred yards away from this studio. And you don't hear a thing. I mean, he does like, it's like you said, he's got the box inside of, or he's got a room inside a room, build it all out. I think he's got two or three layers of drywall and an airspace in between. And the ceiling is hung, the floor is up and can't hear a thing. So
1: yeah, I mean, it, it really works. The, the, we had something similar at the studio that I used to work at, um, except they cut corners in that the floor wasn't fully floating. I think they had some – I don't know what they had under, underneath. Um, but, yeah, the, so it was it was completely insulated apart from the floor. And you had this weird thing where – because it was inside a warehouse, the, the studio. right? Um, and if uh, a woman wearing high heels – would walk around at the other end of the warehouse, sitting in the room. You would hear this weird kind of ring, swing, swing noise, and that was the sound transmission of her heels hitting the floor, coming through the floor. Everything else wow. was blocked out, That's right? Crazy. All, all all of the airborne stuff was cut out completely, but it still traveled really effectively through the floor. So, yeah, sound insulation is, to be honest, I think it's a red herring for most people. If in a unless you have a dedicated building. You know, I think trying to insulate a room in a house, unless it's a massive room, is just kind of throwing money after nothing. Because the thing is, I mean, in here, well, I couldn't have a drummer in here recording. I mean, it's not big enough and people would complain. So if that's what you're going to do, then you're going to have to find somewhere where people don't care or you're going to have to insulate, soundproof the room. Right. But it's not Um, a
0: necessity for most home studio applications
1: no i mean if you're kind of doing vocals synths keyboards you know maybe acoustic guitar maybe a little bit of electric guitar this kind this that this and that um yeah if you unless you've got it at levels where it's going to damage your hearing the chances of it seriously annoying people who don't live in the same kind of building as you you know i mean if you if you were a flat in a
0: right that, yeah
1: an, an apartment in a block of flats that could be an issue right but if you have a, if you have your own house, um, it's really only people in the rooms immediately next to you who are going to be bothered by gotcha. it. Gotcha. Um,
0: getting, so- getting back to acoustic treatment, can I start start you off with a question that that is my most, um, the 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 thing I would want to most know about when trying to treat my room?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the biggest back off I have, I almost have a little bit of a fear of it, of not doing my room because I just don't know. I don't have this data. I don't have this knowledge. And to me, that would be, I, I get all the panels that I'm told to get, and I have no clue where
1: to put them. That's actually quite easy. Good. So if, if it's okay, I'll answer that in a second. Yeah. I'll just back up slightly further than that beforehand. There's two things um, that will help kind of explain why you want to put them where you want to put them. Okay. Um, so the first thing is to talk about is why you why there are problems in a room. Because there are problems in every room. doesn't matter how, even a bespoke, acoustically designed studio, the room without any acoustic treatment is going to have problems.
0: Bespoke meaning custom
1: made? Yeah. Okay. Even if you had an architect designed, you know, designed by acousticians, until they put in all of the acoustic treatment, it's not going to work as well as it could. And that's just because sound bounces off stuff. You know, I mean, w- we know this. If you stand... 10 metres from a brick wall and clap your hands, you hear the clap coming back at you with a slight delay. Um, And the same is true of all sound. Any kind of reasonably solid surface, it will bounce back. And when it bounces back, it either adds or cancels with whatever was there in the first place. And it gets even worse if you have parallel walls. And most rooms in most modern buildings have parallel walls and parallel ceiling and floor. Right. So you have three sets of parallel walls. Um, The point about that is that the sound wave bounces off one across to the, the one that's opposite and comes straight back again. So it kind of gets multiplied up. And if you have that happening in three different directions, left, right, forward, back, and up and down, it's a recipe for disaster. So the solution to that is to try and take the energy out of the sound waves when they bounce off those walls one way or another. Because if you can reduce the amount of sound that gets reflected off the walls, you reduce the amount of problems you're going to have. Gotcha. And I'm going to just come out and say that basically foam is useless for doing that. Um, You know, uh, There's a lot of companies that will sell you a lot of acoustic treatment that is the kind of spongy foam stuff um, that is not going to do a heck of a lot.
0: Isn't it amazing that the whole industry and these huge companies that charge a lot of
1: money for foam... And you're saying that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's going to do nothing. And I think that's the reason that they can be successful. You know, the nice thing about foam is it's very lightweight. Um, you can cut it up, you know, to make, to, to the shapes that you need. You can stick it straight to the wall because it weighs next to nothing. It's very easy to put up. And it does something. But what doesn't it do? Absorb the lows? The main thing it doesn't do is absorb the lows it will have a reasonable effect in the in the the high frequencies and and that will help with the the kind of the the, the zingy flutter echo thing that i mentioned you know where you that kind of metallic ringing kind yes. of sound um and that's one important thing to deal with so like i say it's not completely useless but it's just nowhere near as effective as the other alternative which is we talked about in an earlier show the uh, the, the fiberglass insulation stuff the same stuff they use for insulation in the walls um in the us it's called owens corning 703 yep i think there are other 70 numbers as well 705 706 they all do slightly different things and there are different varieties some of it is kind of quite floppy like like fiberglass and you know the kind of the, the mineral wool kind of stuff some of it is actually quite rigid blocks of material um in the uk it's called rock wool uh, it all does the same stuff. Basically, the because it's dense, the air that's vibrating inside it generates heat through friction, and that takes energy out of the sound waves. Hmm. Um, and then what you need to do is put it in the most effective places. So, you asked where it should go. First place it wants to go is in the first reflection points. Well, How, so- how big
0: should these panels be?
1: That depends. The bigger the room, the bigger the panels are going to need to be. Typically, they're about two feet by four feet. That's If you if you buy them kind of off the shelf from a company like GIK, that's the kind of size that you're going to get. Okay. Um, I mean, in my little room here, I have them vertically, so that they're taller than they are wide, and they're roughly halfway between, on the side walls, roughly halfway between me and the monitors ideally I would probably have an extra panel on each side um in theory at least I mean it's an interesting so to just take a little digression to some extent it depends what you want to use your room for and in one of the reasons for mastering is to get the music to translate in the world outside and most people don't listen to their music in acoustically treated studios right so It's a balancing act between getting the sound under control so that you're not hearing stuff that isn't there or worrying about things that aren't a genuine problem and not kind of controlling it so much that it doesn't reflect in any way a realistic and listening situation. So I kind of have the bare minimum of acoustic treatment in my room, I would say. Yeah, I I almost don't want to go too much further um, because it kind of disconnects you too much from from the end goal and and there are some people who have mastering rooms that are set up literally like uh, somebody's living room you know kind of generic large room um and they've have also have minimal acoustic treatment right. so i mean it's a slightly odd thing because you can't have i don't think you can have none but yeah you probably don't need huge amounts gotcha. depending on the the room um so i mentioned where mine are so on the side walls, roughly halfway between me and the speakers, but there's a really easy way to figure out where they should be, uh, which is called the mirror trick. Okay. The, so the trick is you sit at your monitoring position with your speakers in the position where you want them to be, and then you get somebody friendly to hold a mirror up on the side walls and move it around until you can see in it the reflection of one of the monitors. And that is where the middle of the acoustic panel should go.
0: That's such an easy but effective idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it, basically, it's because sound bounces off in exactly the same way that light does, right? Yep. So wherever a light wave goes, a sound wave is going to go. And that's what's called the first reflection point. That's the. Uh, I I guess in an ideal world, if you wanted to cut the room out of the equation altogether, I mean, you would use headphones, right? They're right on your ears. The sound comes directly from the loudspeaker or the speaker into your ear. Yep. If you are not going to do that and you have speakers in a room, uh, I don't know whether in an ideal situation, but theoretically, if you wanted to hear only what the speakers are doing and not have the room colour the sound in any way at all, you would only want to hear the direct sound from the speaker. The sound radiates out from the speaker in all directions at once to a greater or lesser extent and the place that it bounces off first and reaches your ear first is where the mirror trick tells you to put the panel and that's called the first reflection point because it's the first reflection to reach your ear after the sound from the speakers and as a rule of thumb the sooner the reflections reach your ear after the direct sound from the speakers the more of a problem they're going to be
0: interesting
1: so reflections off the back wall are going to take a lot longer to reach your ears because instead of just bouncing off the sidewall and straight to your ear, they go right to the back of the room and then come back again. They're probably going to be less of an issue than the ones in the first reflection points.
0: Are these also called early reflect- reflection points?
1: Yeah, the early reflections is is the idea of, well, exactly that. They're, they're reflections that arrive early as opposed to late, which might come from other parts of the room or further back. Gotcha. So you've got one on either side. You, remember when you're using the mirror trick, you need to take note of two positions. One is where you can see the left monitor reflected and one is where you can see the right monitor reflected because the sound bounces off the, from the speaker to the wall that's nearest it and it also bounces off the wall on the other side of the room from where the speaker is.
0: I see. Does
1: that make sense? Yep. And what I found in my panels are in the position where Basically, one edge of them reflects one monitor and the other edge reflects the other monitor.
0: So you can kind of get both of them in one shot. I've
1: just managed to catch, yeah, both of them with one panel. And that's why I say, in theory, it would be better if I had a slightly larger panel on each side, but I, I'm not. I've actually, tr- I tried rotating them so they were horizontal
0: Yeah.
1: and listened to them that way and actually started to feel less comfortable. I kind of started to notice then that there was more reflections coming from the back of the room than from the side. Wow. I just kind of had this sense of this kind of, stuff echoing around behind me and it feels more balanced as i have it currently i
0: see
1: um there's one more early reflection point well there are two actually one of them's on the floor but typically we don't need to worry about it partly because our ears are used to reflections coming off the floor and are really good at tuning them out um, and partly because it's a really inconvenient place to put an acoustic panel the other place is above your head and that's why a lot of studios you see have this thing that people call, call the cloud yeah which is basically more acoustic panels suspended from the ceiling at the point where if you held a mirror up and put it on the ceiling, you would see a reflection of the speaker in the mirror there as well.
0: I see. These panels, do they sit off of the wall or are they up against the wall?
1: That depends. Um, you can so the thickness of the panel, the thicker the panel is, the lower the frequencies it will influence. And you can actually get some free um lowering of the frequency that it will help with by setting the panels off the wall so in here because the room is quite narrow the panels I've got to the left and right are actually mounted directly on the wall although they include an air gap inside the panel itself the ones on the ceiling are hanging about mm, six eight inches from the ceiling Um, and another thing to say is if you vary those distances, because you that means you'll affect a broader range of frequencies, yeah? So the the ones that are hanging from the ceiling will probably affect a slightly lower frequency range than the ones that are mounted directly on the walls. And if, if all of the panels were, say, directly on the wall, they would all deal with exactly the same frequencies. So you're kind of focusing the effect of them in one frequency range by having... So the ones at the back, I have more at the back of the room... And those are even further off the wall than the ones that are on the ceiling. Just so to if, kind of
0: do a catch-all of everything.
1: Just to kind of help with a, with a broad range of frequencies gotcha. and to not kind of focus all of the influence of the panels in the same frequency range. Got it. Um, so, yeah, if you were going to get some stuff, that's what I would recommend. Do the side walls first, then do the ceiling if you can. With one, then, panel,
0: one panel on the ceiling or two?
1: I have two. I mean, it depends, you know, again, you, if you just imagine you want to cover enough area to prevent reflections from both speakers, chances are a single panel in the middle probably won't be big enough. So I yeah, I have two kind of making a square okay. shape. So we're up to four panels to be bought. Or made. Or made. <laughs> um,
0: And the I, back, is that a necessity?
1: I wouldn't say that's a necessity. This is interesting because um, actually GIK spotted that I was going to be posting some videos about making this room yeah and they reached out to me um and offered to i mean they offered me free advice which they offer to anybody anyway they're really good about that um but they also um very kindly they were smart they would give you the panels they gave me some of the panels okay (laughs) they gave me the panels for the rear because i went to them with an, an original budget um which covered the well so there's something else we haven't talked about. I would say more important than the rear panels is an extra pair of panels to go in the corners uh, behind the speakers, behind the monitors. The so you can mount um, you can mount them diagonally, so they make a triangle with the corner of the room. Okay. The advantage of that is, I mean, firstly, corners are where a huge amount of the reflections kind of focus because you have three surfaces all reflecting in a close area. So. Uh, you tend to get bass build-up in the corners of the rooms, um, which means that if you put an acoustic panel there that's absorbing some of that bass, you can take a lot of that bass energy out. And actually, I should quickly pause and say that I'm talking about taking bass out. Don't think that that's going to make you hear less bass in the room. The most common effect of all of this, most rooms will have a null, which means a place where the sound cancels out, pretty much where the monitoring position is in, the, close to the middle of the room. Okay. And in the kind of rooms that most of us have available at home, that tends to be in the kind of 70, 100 hertz kind of region, which is obviously one of the most critical regions for getting the bass right. So if you have, if your room lacks bass at the monitoring position in those areas, you're going to be tempted to keep piling bass in and you're going to end up with boomy, uh, thick mixes. If you put panels in on the walls and in the corners you're taking some of that bass energy out before it can get reflected back into the room and cause that problem. I see. So you actually end up hearing more bass in the room Good. and it's much more uh balanced and natural. So so yeah, by putting the panels, I mean again, in theory, the suggestion would be that you have uh that would be eight panels so you could cover the corners floor to ceiling. Um does that make sense, what I'm saying? So to, to diagonally across, yeah, to kind of cut the corners of the room off?
0: Yeah, but my next it... question was, do you do go floor to ceiling or do you put it at monitor level?
1: Well, here I've done it on the floor level because I have a window that goes wider. So, well, partly that and partly because I couldn't afford any more. <laughs> uh, in, in theory, I mean, if you go to, to GIK and ask them what the ideal is, they would say floor to ceiling, front and back, because that's going to take a huge amount of energy out of the reflections in the room and just generally improve stuff. I thought bass um, traps were
0: meant for the corners like that.
1: Okay, well, th- so this is where you start getting into terminology issues, because um, lots of people call these things that we're talking about, these panels of of the fiberglass wool, um, bass traps. Wow. They're not. They're broadband absorbers. Um, a bass trap is often something designed to specifically deal with a particular frequency. So you you might well have somebody come in and measure the room and go, oh, you have a problem at, say, 63 hertz. I'm going to build something that's going to help you fix that. And quite often a bass trap in that sense will be tuned to a particular frequency. Wow. Um, Now, I'm not an expert on this stuff, so I can't tell you whether that would be better or worse overall, but I do know that putting broadband absorption... In the corners, is a great start. Okay, I, I think probably almost always if you had a you know if you had an acoustician come into your room and measure stuff and say what's going to be even better than what you have, you would expect to get better results. Um, but my experience is that putting these broadband absorbers, which some people call bass traps, which may be where the confusion comes from, I, in the I th- corners of the room.
0: I thought bass traps were more like a triangle, um, th- very thick. Like thicker than your acoustic panel that goes in the corner, sits in there at an angle, or the triangle
1: basically lets it sit flush against the walls. Okay, so here's the interesting thing that that's actually what I have. Okay, you, you don't necessarily need that because um, basically the, the you know the rule of thumb is the more uh, depth of acoustic of, of the of the rock the fi- rock wall the Owens Corning seven hundred three stuff you have, the more energy you're going to take out, right? Because the more thickness of of air trapped inside the mineral wool, the sound waves have to get through. So, the more heat that gets generated, the more energy gets taken out, the more effective they are. Right. So, yeah, in theory, having a solid triangle, which is still a broadband absorber, but people often call them bass traps in the corners, is more effective. And that is what I have. But testing shows that actually putting a panel across the corner with an air gap behind is almost as effective. Oh, cool. Um, so, you can potentially save a little bit of money by doing it that way. They're kind of more of a pain to mount, Yeah, you know, because you've got to – I mean, the, the nice thing about these kind of panels is they can just hang on picture hooks on the wall and you have a bracket that suspends them from the ceiling. The triangle ones you can just put in the corner and then you can stack them on top of each other. So they're really convenient. That's another and, reason And they, not,
0: make, they don't make your room smaller, basically, by as much as a panel.
1: Well, I mean, it depends. Uh, I guess – no, maybe not because the, the kind of the size of them that faces you – is the same size as the panels. And since it sits flush into the corner, yeah, you you gain a few inches. They're not quite as oppressive. But if you wanted to build them yourself and, and save some money, you could just put flat panels across. Gotcha, that's
0: a great idea, didn't know that.
1: Uh, and the, one of the reasons, another reason that that's effective is that you think about it, the, the gap behind something that goes across the corner is actually changing, yeah? You've got the deepest gap between the panel and the actual corner and then as the walls come out and meet the edges of the panel
0: Shame. you've got a
1: variable gap in between so again you're going to that that kind of treatment is going to absorb a broader range of frequencies and would
0: you recommend putting them at monitor level
1: i think so because i th- you know it th- seems to me this is this is my opinion not um i could be wrong about this but it seems to me that like for example my speakers are kind of just below ear height over in the corners of the room um the sound is going to radiate out the back of the box. Right. That's part of the problem. And especially the lower frequencies. So having the the absorbing panels just behind them is gonna, I think, going to catch presumably the most of that sound the soonest. Got it. Which which is basically your goal. Um you know take as much energy out of the sound as quickly as you can. Makes sense. So you're you've got four panels for the early reflection points, left, right, and above. Yep. You've got something in the corners behind the monitors. Yep. And then the nice thing is that GIK, I wasn't originally going to be able to afford to have panels at the rear of the room, but they offered, they felt that they would be beneficial to me. Um, so they supplied those to me. Um, and I was able to do a test, you know, I started out without them there and then I put them in. And? And they helped. Huh. The interesting thing is, so there are two types that GIK do. There's the straight acoustic panels and then there are ones that have actually a wooden slat in the front of the panel, um so that you get a certain amount of diffusion. If anybody's seen those um you can get acoustic treatment things that kind of look like they call them skyline diffusers. They they because they look a bit like the the skyline of a city. Right. They kind of look like lots of um skyscrapers, different kind of blocks of varying heights coming out of them. Yeah. Um those aren't absorption panels, they're diffusers. So they stop a straight reflection off the wall and they just scatter the sound in all kinds of almost random directions um, and break up the the sound waves that way. Okay. These panels that GIK do that have some kind of diffusion built in, they're not as effective as a Skyline diffuser, but they diffuse the sound to a certain extent. Um, and so the interesting thing was, for me, the, the biggest difference I noticed by putting the panels at the back was actually that the stereo image improved. Oh. Which kind of sounds weird i mean it's it's much more subtle i would say it's probably i mean putting the the stuff in at the front of the room like i say converted it from an unusable space into a usable space right putting those two panels at the back probably gave me another 10 percent of improvement um because as you may have noticed i'm a perfectionist um i felt that was worthwhile and actually you know if i was doing it again i would budget to have those rear panels Um, But if people are on a limited budget, I would say start without and see how you get on. Um, Especially if maybe there's other stuff that you can put at the back of the room that could act as some diffusion for you. Right, right. You know, like, I don't know, bookshelves, other pieces of furniture, you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely beneficial. Um, And also, I mean, they kind of reduced that. Like I said, when I, at one point when I was testing, I kind of had this a bit of a feeling of, because basically I've kind of got one end of the room with quite a lot of absorption in it, and then the back end of the room has very little, especially without those panels. Yeah. So I was kind of feeling like everything I was hearing from the front was very controlled, and then I was hearing a bit of kind of, it sounds, but I don't know whether you've ever kind of had that situation where somebody opens the door of the room that you're working in, and suddenly you start hearing echoes back from outside of it. You know, that just that kind of... Yeah, uh, You know I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying you know, kind of just, it's it's very subtle, but you just suddenly things don't sound, you kind of have this feeling of outdoorness yeah. <laughs> in the room with you or something. Yeah. There was a kind of an element of that. It was kind of like what was in front of me was very controlled and, you know, sounded great. And then something was kind of rattling around behind me that was, you know, kind of... And I guess that, that's why it affects the stereo image because our ears and our brains build up the idea of the stereo image from, partly from the direct sound that comes from the speakers, but also from the clues that it contains about things like walls behind us, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that would have an, especially if you were mixing, that might affect decisions about reverb, um, you know, how ambient something should be, all of those kind of things. Right.
0: Well, I feel much better about the subject than uh, before talking to you about this. I, I, I would have confidence now to buy panels and know where to place them. And that was my biggest back off. I guess the next thing I would want to know now is best panels to buy where do you buy them um what do you recommend type of deal
1: okay i mean first thing to say is that's great i mean you know if if i've if i've you should go out and buy some acoustic panels um and if i've persuaded you that that's a safe thing to do then my work here is done um <laughs> in terms of i mean to be honest you they're very simple I mean maybe the first thing we should describe is what you what you need to do if you want to build them yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's talk about that. Um
1: I mean basically you have to build a uh, a frame. So like imagine a, a shallow box but with no top or bottom. So literally kind of all all like a picture frame where no backing. It's, it's deep. Yeah? Um so so just cuz the goal is you want to get if you buy the 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 fiberglass stuff Owens Corning whatever it is uh from a, a builder supply merchants it comes the the sheets of this stuff are i think they may be a foot wide by two feet tall and they're about two inches thick
0: that's I would really s- i thought they came in uh, like, like two by fours or four not
1: four by eights i thought they came in two by fours but i could be wrong you, um, yeah maybe i'm talking nonsense You i mean different sizes you anyway, usually do but the, yes exactly um main thing is they're two inches thick yeah. And ideally, what I would recommend is you go for four inches of depth. Okay. So you're talking about putting two layers of these things. And and they're flexible. You know, they're floppy. Um, they come packed in plastic, but as soon as you unwrap them, they just – I mean, you could just stand up, up around the room, but they would fall over and the Did fibers they make you would get itch? in the air and stuff. Yeah, they would make you itch. They, that You wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> um, so you just need some way of, of containing them. And the, the simplest way is to just make a very shallow – a tray, maybe like to, to hold them. So so, you know, uh four inches deep and then big enough to hold, I would say, four of these things together, or two, depending on how what the actual dimensions of them are. Enough to make a, a kind of a two by four sized panel of them.
0: Like a frame. Like in other words, there's no back on this frame.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's okay. planks of wood. Um yeah, four inches deep, no back. Gotcha. Because you the sound wants sound wants to go through into an air gap if you can mount them off the wall, bounce off the wall, then come back through the air gap and then through the panel again. So the sound has been through the panel twice, so you get twice the absorption effect. Um, And then you just have to make them look okay in some way. And the easiest way is just to stretch some fabric over them and staple it around the back. What
0: kind of fabric? Any kind?
1: Pretty much. I mean, you know, not. you want something that... uh, I guess a test would be if you hold it up to your mouth and, and blow through it. You don't want to feel too much resistance, right? Because you want the air to travel freely through the fabric, so that the if the air ends up bouncing. Off, let's say if you used a rubber sheet, that's going to reflect a certain amount of upper high frequencies off of it because it's smooth and it's not um, permeable. The air doesn't. Okay. The air molecules so don't go some, through it. Some right. Type
0: of fabric. Something permeable.
1: Yeah. So something, you know, kind of hessian is a classic kind of material that, you know, the kind of sacking material. Um, Gotcha. That could be a little bit of a loose weave. So you, you, something with a bit of a denser weave, so it kind of looks nice, but.
0: What color should you get?
1: Oh, definitely black. (laughs) Black absorbs far more. (laughs) No, you can have, this is the thing you can have. I mean, so, so one of the nice things about what the ones you want to buy is that there are companies that will do you prints on the. On the, on oh, the really? flag, You like, know, so you, you could have, you could have like a, a, a Gibson, you know, or a Hendrix or, you know, or like um, a wood, woodland scenery. Yeah. Or naked ladies, whatever you, you fancied um, on the acoustic panel. So the acoustic panel then looks like a piece of art. Um, that's kind of a nice way to go. And that's a yeah. really expensive way to go. Right. Um, I'll just paint I chose, mine.
0: I'll just paint mine myself.
1: I wouldn't paint them. Because oh, yeah, the paint yeah, is then going to reflect some high frequencies, but you could dye them. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I mean it's interesting because some people recommend actually that you use you do have a thin layer of some stuff to keep some of the um, one of the risks is if you have too much acoustic treatment in a room you can actually deaden it down too much right? especially in the high frequencies so then you ended up adding too much high frequency information into the music so some people will recommend you have uh, panels with a thin layer of plastic over it um, or foil on the back just to reflect a certain amount of the high frequencies back in. I haven't bothered to do that. I kind of prefer to be minimalist with the number of panels I have in general. I see. Um, there's all kinds of variables when you get into this stuff. But the, the bottom line is if you buy some of this insulation stuff, put it in a wooden frame or some kind of frame and hang it on the wall in the first reflection points, you're going to get the benefit. In terms of companies that make it, I'm very impressed with what I got from GIK. Um, they're, they're very nice. They weren't stupendously expensive. real traps have a great name for them and there's there's a bunch more companies uh coming out these days that are offering this kind of stuff so really it's a case of how much you prepare to pay you know will they deliver to you are they gonna i I think the nice thing about gik is you call them up and they will give you you know you could send them a plan of your room and they will advise you on where you should put them for the most to get the most bang for your buck
0: Great, that's great yeah um it's looking like just to give people an idea I'm on GIK's website and the, the GIK 242 panel, which I looks like is the common a common one. Mm-hmm. Um, 24 inches by 48 inches is so two by four feet. For three panels, 194 bucks, which is 65 bucks each. You can get a 24 by 24 square, four panels for 158 bucks, or a 12 by 48 panel for four of them for 210. Um, let me ask you if you know how much would owens corning 703 cost to buy it straight up
1: okay so that makes an interesting comparison because in fact you can buy just the 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 raw materials on gik's site as well and to give you an idea you can get six two by four sheets of this stuff that's two inches thick for 65 dollars so you would need two of those to make a single panel and then you'd have to pay for the wood and actually build the thing yourself but that kind of gives you a, a comparison okay So I think, I mean, I think you'd agree that, you know, the the actual made up panels, they're pretty good value considering you save yourself the time and the work, you know that they're going to look nice. Um, They have that air gap built in, even if you mount them directly on the wall. Uh, You know, you can get them in different colours of fabric, all that kind of stuff. They're all going to match perfectly if the look of the studio. I think that's a reasonable amount to pay to have somebody make them up for you. But if you are good at DIY and fancy the project, you can make them much more cost effectively.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that. And you know, this is how much GIK is selling them for. You could probably find them on all over the internet, Owens Corning seven oh three, if you look. So the
1: Yeah, and I mean, who knows? If you if you I guess if you buy it kind of in bulk from a a building supply merchant, I'm sure you get it even better value.
0: I'm thinking eBay. That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can report back on that.
0: All right, I'll let you know.
1: Oh, no, wait, you're going to go and steal it from the factory that's nearby you, right? I I want to go in there so
0: bad. I will. I might start an acoustic treatment company myself if I if that factory bears fruit. But we'll see. One day. Cool. Cool, man. Okay, well, this, it, was, this was great.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, is it time for the Maxim? Yes, hit us up with the Maxim. Okay, so the Mastering Maxim this week, this one is going to be a letdown. Okay, the Mastering Maxim is you must get some acoustic treatment for your room
0: at first i would balk at that after you after this show seriously after this show i feel good about it so i like it i like the maxim cool there do you, you have anything do you do, uh, to to add to that like why like well, do I'm you want to like hammer home
1: i i think i think i would say that you it's not possible to master music in a room that hasn't got the bare minimum of acoustic treatment Um, especially if it's not, you know, if, if you're making your own room, um, I just think speaking from personal experience that the stuff that goes wrong when you don't have this stuff and the misinformation you get, you know, if you spent a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or more on your monitors, I reckon you're wasting about half of that. If you don't have the acoustic treatment to make sure that you're hearing them to their best advantage, um, so, yeah, I, I just, it seems to me, you know, uh, well, there's no question you will get more bang for your buck by spending a few hundred dollars on some acoustic panels than you would on buying monitors that are two, three, four times as expensive. I agree. Um, and it just, you know, yeah, it's not interesting. It's not sexy, but you you will be amazed. And, I, you know, I've given this, I keep giving this advice and every so often somebody actually takes me up on it and they come back and they go, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> Thank you. You were so right. <laughs> so, That's, it's yeah. great. I, I, I'm i really psyched about it now.
0: I mean, I'm going to build my own. That's what I'm going to do. And I, I like the fact that I could just design them however I want with the colors and stuff. Mm. Um, I'm going to have fun with it. So thank you, Ian. I appreciate it. Cool. Great.
1: That. Well, my pleasure. And, and report back to us. Let us know how you get on.
0: I will. I will. I'm actually planning on moving soon. So this may be a great project for where I move to next.
1: So. That sounds good. I mean, one of the good things about panels like these is if you, you know, if you, take a little bit of care how you build them, they can be completely portable. You know, none of this stuff has to be built into... I mean, again, if you want to insulate a room, you're talking about building this big timber structure inside the walls and all the rest of it. Acoustic panels, they're lightweight. You can just, you know, they hang from picture hooks on the walls. You can just load them up into a van and move them onto the the next place and know that you have a way of making sure that that room is going to sound good as well. I'm psyched.
0: I really am. This has been great. Excellent. Well, if you guys like it too, head on over to iTunes and leave us some reviews. I mean, you guys have, some of you guys have been doing that. I, we're getting great feedback on the show. So we're really happy you're liking it. I want to shout out to people who have left us reviews. Matthew Carl on iTunes left us a great review. Slave to the Rhythm, the Slayton 22. Thank you guys. And, uh, you know, we hope for uh, many more. We really want to hear your feedback. Um, do you want to tell them where they could contact us, Ian?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd just like to, completely agree with uh what Steve just said. You know, thank you guys for leaving and please leave ratings and reviews. Um so easy to click that five star button. It is just a little bit of subliminal suggestion there for you. I'm um, sorry. Uh, if you want to find everything else to do with us, head over to themasteringshow.com. Uh you've got all the show notes there. You can see all of the past shows. You can sign up for the email list to make sure you never miss another show and uh get notified of any offers or competitions we might be running in future. Uh, you can find loads more stuff on mastering, mixing, recording your own music at my website, productionadvice.co.uk, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Ian Shepherd, or search for me on Facebook. Steve is at edmmr.com, where there are three or four more podcasts, also audio-related, that I'm sure some of you will find fascinating and interesting.
0: We have info for you guys to to absorb and read and listen to, so. Uh... Check it out and let us know what you think. Really appreciate you listening to this. Hope you enjoyed it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Okay. Ask me another question. <laughs>